Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am thrilled to bring back Eric Branch of The Chronicle. Eric is so talented, so funny, fantastic writer, amazing question asker, really just kind of a perfect human. I like to refer to him as the best. So Branch, welcome to the show. How do you like that intro? (laughs) Yeah, well, I kind of like when Steve Wilkes took the job there was really nowhere to go but down uh because <laughs> so after that intro i could only disappoint because i'm not sure i can achieve perfection but we're gonna try we're gonna try. We're, i think you can i think for the next 20 to 25 minutes i think you can do it but you are the best and i would think everyone would agree with me and will after this podcast for sure. So you brought up Steve Wilkes and that is the main thing we're here to talk about. In case anyone missed it, Steve Wilkes was was fired or as Kyle Shanahan said, relieved of his duties, which is a very nice way to say fired on Wednesday after the Super Bowl loss. So I'm going to start right here, Branch. I actually don't think it's a scapegoating. I think for those of us who've been covering this team and paying attention to this team, this has been probably a long time coming. It never felt like quite the right fit. There are a number of things we can go into, but it feels less scapegoating to me and more we lost. And so we're doing this, but we may have done it anyway. Yes. A couple of things there. I I would agree. I mean, the timing isn't wonderful. You know, when Shanahan, of course, is taking heat for another <laughs> Super Bowl <laughs> loss, uh, which a double-digit lead is lost. Um, and then to fire the defensive coordinator after what, you know, was not a, a really bad defensive performance in the Super Bowl. Right. Um, I think those of us who have been following, you know, the 49ers uh, throughout the season, um, you know, we're in no way surprised by it and, and don't view it as like, yeah, we got to blame someone. Let's, yeah, Steve Wilkes is a convenient target. Um, you know, it just, I, I would agree. You know, I'm not, I'm certainly not a Shanahan apologist, but I would agree with his take that, you know, it just didn't quite fit. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it's more about, you know, Shanahan made a mistake. You know, we can say that. You know, because mm-hmm. if you have to fire a defensive coordinator after, after one year, um, that's really on you. So, you know, there were, you know, plenty of signs throughout the regular season um, that were just odd and n- nothing we saw had seen with Robert Sala or uh, D'Amico Ryans. Um, Shanahan never publicly criticized those guys. Shanahan did right. publicly call out Steve Wilkes for his all-out blitz call against the Vikings. Um, you know, Shanahan never had to send those guys from the sideline to the coach's box or change their game right. routine in some way. Uh, Shanahan did uh, change uh, Wilkes' game day routine, I guess politely ordering him. I don't know. It wasn't there. Um, but Wilkes <laughs> Politely had- ordering him is there. <laughs> politely ordering him is similar to relieving him of his duties. It's exactly. a similar... Uh, But, you know, he obviously went from the coach's box uh, down to the sideline to to coach in midseason at Shanahan's behest. There was a really odd, you know, situation on the Thanksgiving um, when in Seattle, you know, when 
and Trevor Ernest Ward, you know, said afterwards, yeah, you know, he was, you know, John Lynch was involved in telling him that he was going to be one-on-one, um, you know, was going to yeah. be following DK Metcalf. Uh, and then it comes out that, you know, Lynch was, you know, was aware of Wilkes' defensive game plan and went to Shanahan. And then Shanahan, quote unquote, said he fixed it uh, by telling Ward, hey, you're going to travel with um, <laughs> you know, DK Metcalf. Nowhere in all the explanations was Steve Wilkes really mentioned. It was just like uh, <laughs> understood like he had you know, made what was perceived by them to be a mistake and, and they corrected it. Um, so right there. And then again, there, there was just talk, um, you know, it wasn't. Um, malicious in any way but you know when they they did have defensive struggles you know during the regular season i remember an instance like you know drake greenlaw and it certainly wasn't just him but you know he would say hey even if it's the wrong call you know we we still have to make the best of it or you know we can still make right. the play and again not stuff we heard with Robert Sala or D'Amico Ryans. <laughs> not that they were flawless uh, but you know they did well enough to land head coaching jobs um, so, you know, we, that, that's just the regular season. It doesn't get into, uh, you know, the first two playoff wins, which they won despite the Packers and Lions, Lions gaining, you know, 8 million rushing yards and, you know, talk, talk about, you know, guys not playing hard on some of those long mm-hmm. runs, which is just, you know, that, that is bizarre just because it's the Niners, you know, defense, which is known for, you know, hair on fire and, and all the cliches. But um, it was most prominent and discussed in the NFC championship game. Right. I, I guess. Well, I don't guess. I know there's one bigger game that's more important. That'd be the Super Bowl trace. But um the Super Bowl. Outside of that, <laughs> the, the NFC Championship game is a kind of big game where you, you kind of think everyone's going to be given all their best effort. So I don't know. I could continue with the last drive of the Super Bowl, but I mean, <laughs> this is all the reason why I think right. those of us, you know, um, who've been around it and covering the team um, weren't surprised. And again, don't think he was being scapegoated, and it could it could be couched as Shanahan made a mistake, thought it would work out, um, and for whatever reason, you know, Wilkes with his background not being in this Niners system, um, it, it just didn't come together. And I, I'll add one thing about the final drive. You had Nick Bosa after the game saying he wished they'd been a little bit more prepared for a couple of plays. And so all the things you just said, plus that, and and I would actually, this may be a bit of a hot take. I said it on KNBR this morning too. Had they won the Super Bowl, I'm not sure Steve Wilkes is their defensive coordinator next year. No, I, I would agree with that. Um, in fact, I bet that he wouldn't be. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if they had lost to the Packers or Lions, he would have been, you know, fired five minutes after the games, those games ended. Um, yeah. Slight exaggeration. Um, but yeah, if we Very do. Very slight, wanna... maybe 10. <laughs> but only because, only because they have to do their locker room thing and Kyle addresses the team. But <laughs> Right. So but maybe yeah, 10. 
you're right. Just to tie a bow on that, because you know they played the defense, and you know Wilkes, all credit to Wilkes, um, you know was largely tremendous um, in the Super Bowl. But on the 75-yard, you know, touchdown drive on a second and six, um, you know, Shanahan did not like, you know, Wilkes' call, which was just right. cover zero. He was going to bring, bring look like two, um, two blitzers, and so he called the timeout and didn't look happy about uh, calling a timeout. And then afterwards, Nick Bosa, you know, Mahomes had an eight-yard run on fourth and one. The Niners stopped him there, and they win the Super Bowl. And then he had the 19-yard run to get him mm-hmm. the Chiefs into the red zone. And then afterwards, Nick Bosa says they were not prepared for Mahomes' runs. I then asked him on locker cleanout day. You know, it sounds like you know people read that or and think you're dogging Wilkes, basically saying, mm-hmm. you know, here's a chance to say no, no, no. That's that wasn't my intent. Um, but basically, Bosa nicely said that you know the Chiefs do do a lot of things, um, and um, you know they're not known for kind of zone read stuff. Um, but it wasn't covered, you know, is what he suggested. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, so he didn't exactly um, uh, back off. And then when he was asked of his overall assessment of Steve Wilkes, he said he does a really good job on the back end, meaning, you know, the secondary, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Wilkes' background and specialty. And then he said we all obviously had issues throughout the season. I did not take that as a ringing endorsement. And the same could be Fred Warner said something similar and made a comment that he came in learning our system and it was something he wasn't used to and all things considered, he did a good job. So no one really had a ringing endorsement, at least not up front. We didn't talk really to any of the DBs at Locker Cleanout uh, and, and too much actually even after the Super Bowl. But that seemed to be the general consensus. So Wilkes is out and now we look forward. And I want to go back to something we talked about earlier, how Shanahan politely ordered uh, Wilkes to the field from the coach's booth. However, that actually went down. So when we look at names that are available, that are out there to replace Wilkes as the 49ers defensive coordinator, there are a lot of very big names being thrown around. Obviously, there are names internally that make a lot of sense. But to me, you bring in a Mike Vrabel, you bring in a Pete Carroll, even though I don't think that's ever going to happen. But there is that having to work with Shanahan and there can only be one guy in charge. And if you've been the guy in charge with a Shanahan personality, and that's not a knock on Shanahan, it's just, you know, who who he is as a coach, does that work? Or are they better off staying in-house with someone who knows the players, knows this defense, knows Kyle, knows how to deal with Kyle? Yeah, I don't think the Shanahan kind of, um, I know you didn't say this, but like Shanahan ego and I've got, um, you know, you're going to have to kind of, you know, stay in your lane or get out of your way. Shanahan wants a defensive coordinator who he trusts, who can handle the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that was like Jim Harbaugh with Vic Fangio. He right. left him alone. Vic Fangio would say, I am left alone, you know, to do my job. He does not you know, metal in my business. And I think ideally that's what Shanahan wants. I, I can't speak to, you know, 
the situation with Salah and, and Ryan's, but my sense is they did their job and that's what Shanahan wants. And he wants to focus on the offense. Um, so yeah, he just wants that's, to, that's a good point. Not to, not to interrupt you, but that's a good point. The problem with Wilkes is that Shanahan didn't get to just focus on the offense. Right. So, he has to worry about yeah. calling timeouts, uh, you know, in, in the, <laughs> right. when the Super Bowl yeah. is being decided and, and, you know, he has his general manager, you know, saying, what's the deal with DK Metcalf? You know, this type of stuff he does not want to be uh, dealing with. And again, that's on Shanahan. He hired Wilkes and it didn't work out. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't think, you know, some sort of clash of egos or anything um, would, I mean, I, I don't think that's kind of a, a storyline, if, if I'm making any sense. I, I think he wants the you best. You are always. <laughs> he wants the best defensive coordinator. And if it's a uh, you know, big name uh, with a big ego, uh, great, as long as you can do the job. So what? So then I'm going to take back what I said ago. What do you think of Pete Carroll? I mean, that would, what a story. From a content perspective, fantastic. But what do you think of someone like that? Like, is there any chance that something like that could happen? No, I don't. My my thought uh, is that uh, the chances are, would be infinitesimal, like just because <laughs> Pete Carroll at his age, after being, you know, the CEO and, and um, you know, in charge yeah. uh, for so long, like, why would you go back to being, I mean, he was the Niners defensive coordinator back in the Stone Ages. Um, why would you go back? Uh, to that. <laughs> but why, Mike Shanahan would like a word about that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you never know how different people are wired, right? I, I mean, right. It, it would seem like, but, you know, what if a guy like you know, Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll says, you know, this would be so refreshing to go back mm-hmm. and just be a coach not have all this other stuff and, you know, maybe for one season as I line up, you know, another job, I have a chance to add to my um, resume, win a Super Bowl. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, that would just be, oh, you know, you know, this kind of sentimental move of I go back to my roots. I, again, that sounds unlikely um, with senior citizen coaches who have accomplished as much as those guys, (laughs) because it is such a grind. Um, you've had so many good I think everybody is going to be like he is the best she was right you've had so many good lines in this podcast uh, but yeah so I don't think you could rule it out I mean if they hired Bill Belichick like you know one of these you know Adam Schefter nine years hired Bill Belichick well then we automatically go oh gosh well I guess you know Bill thinks it's cool to go back to his roots and do this yeah uh, so, I mean, we've been shocked by, you know, obviously, you know, sort of the NFL, but the Niners before. I don't think anyone had John Lynch being their general manager on their mm-hmm. bingo card and uh, among other, uh, you know, moves uh, that came out of the blue. So, um, but I guess this is a long way. Uh, this is a long answer. Um, and I would say the Vrabels, the Carols, the Belichicks, it's, it, it, it would seem highly unlikely that were to happen but i don't think for the reasons specified you know you can just say zero percent chance i think of the three of them Vrabel is would be the more likely i just can't see bill belichick and pete carroll like you said 
be like, yes, I want to go back to doing this. But hey, you never know. I will say this, Rancher, Bill Belichick press conferences every Thursday. That's appointment viewing. (laughs) Yeah, that would be fun. Well, I don't know. Maybe initially. I don't know. It it would be something. I don't know exactly what the word is, but it would be, it would definitely be something. But I, I, I do think of the three of them, Rabel being the most likely a candidate we haven't talked about yet, who was somewhat of a disastrous head coach, but a really good defensive coordinator is Brandon Staley. And that could be, that also feels like a name that's a little bit more likely than maybe all the the three others we just mentioned. Yeah, with Staley, I think that's interesting. He's certainly, you know, know, a well-respected defensive mind, no question. That's how he became, you know, the Chargers head coach. Um, And the issue with him is, you know, he's a a disciple of of Vic Fangio and a 3-4 defense. And the 49ers, you know, obviously just had this coach who wasn't familiar with their system. Um, And I think, you know, well, Shanahan said, you know, I think he pretty much spelled out his preference is to get a guy who is familiar with their system uh, to come in. He doesn't want to have to change things for these guys who've been in it for so long, you know, like Warner and Bosa. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is his strong preference. So I would think, you know, if it gets to a situation where they can't really find that guy or a guy they're not comfortable with that, that has, you know, experience in their system. um, Then I think, you know, a guy like, Brand Staley would be, you know, top among the, you know, plan B uh, type guys. And they would say, okay, well, we'll try this. But um, I, th- I wouldn't think he's, um, you know, high up. Uh, I think the odds of them hiring a Brandon Staley or another kind of Vic Fangio or a disciple of another kind of defensive coaching tree uh, would be remote. When he said, that would be his preference, but he's not married to it. I know from personal experience when I say that, whatever I said before I'm not married to it is what I actually meant. Right. So I think <laughs> I think you're probably right. So internally, you know, could be somebody internally. Who are a couple names that stand out to you? I know that, you know, people have talked about Chris Kasarek, Johnny Holland, potentially a Nick Sorensen, Sorensen, who is a name that stands out to you? Um, well, I think the way he answered and, and what um, Kasarik has said in the past, the way Shanahan answered when asked directly about Kasarik and, and being a defensive coordinator was kind of like he's, you know, he didn't exactly say this. I'll, I'll translate to say he's a defensive line coach and he wants to be yeah. a defensive line coach. And that, that is basically, but that is basically what he said. Right. Uh, Johnny Holland's a guy who's uh, been, you know, with this staff, you know, the entire, since Shanahan was hired, he has background with him with the Texans. Um, so there's plenty of familiarity uh, with with this defense, obviously. And, um, you know, like uh, Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryan's, his specialty is, is linebackers. He coaches the linebackers. He was an NFL linebacker. All that makes a, a lot of sense. Um, yes. I think with, with Johnny Holland, he's dealing with multiple myeloma. I'm not sure. Right. Um, at this stage in his career and where he is, you know, just dealing with that, um, that that would be a move he'd want to make. Um, Daniel Bullock's, uh, you know, is well-regarded yep. in, in the organization, um, was a secondary coach. Wilkes was kind of de facto secondary coach. Um, 
but he's, you know, he's a candidate. I don't know with, you know, him specializing in the secondary, them wanting to kind of the thing with Wilkes. And, and again, among other things that why it didn't work out was a feeling like he didn't, he was excellent, you know, on the back end, just ask Nick Bosa, uh, but maybe he didn't tie things together. Um, and so I don't know if that would go against uh, Bullocks in any way. Um, but, I, you know, that being said, I, I don't think just being a secondary coach means you know, you're not a candidate. Um, right, right. And then, you know, there's Nick Sorensen, who's has a, you know, mostly a background um, in uh, special teams, uh, but he's also worked as kind of a defense passing game coordinator um, and is viewed as an up-and-comer. So I would think as far as the internal candidates, those would be, you know, the guys. So, Branch, who's going to coach the 49ers defense? We've gone through all the people that could but probably won't, the potentials internally, the potentials internally that really probably aren't potentials. Is it going to be you? Oh, that would be a treat. <laughs> I would, I mean, just a while, you know, somewhat of a, I was going to say educated guess. Um, uh, that might be too strong, uh, saying educated, but I would, I would say, take a flyer on, I would say, Bullocks or Sorensen. I think they would really like it, you know, if they view those either of those guys as being ready um, mm-hmm. for this. They, they would prefer to keep this in-house with, with someone who knows the system, who's been brought up in the system. Um, and, you know, as long as they can handle, you know, the, they have the knowledge and, you know, as long as there's a belief that they can handle everything else that goes into the coordinator role, um, they'd love to do that. I mean, obviously that's what happened with uh, D'Amico. Um, mm-hmm. He was, on, you know, he was he was promoted, um, and you know, I don't think either Bullocks or Shortson has that their reputation. I, I mean, before they announced D'Amico Ryan's was being hired, everyone already knew he was going to be hired. Um, right. So, I, you know, I don't think they have such an obvious star in the making this time around. Um, but again, I think the preference would be, would be to keep it in-house. I think it makes the most sense to keep it in-house for some of the reasons I talked about earlier, not not from an ego perspective, but just being familiar with the system, being familiar with the organization, being familiar with the players, being familiar with the head coach, all of the things, I think it makes the most sense, especially when if they don't want to change things around and want to keep them as they are, probably makes the most sense to have somebody there who knew, knows exactly as things are. I don't know if I said that eloquently, but I think you know no, what I mean. Yeah. And just, you know, the familiarity, you know, again, Bosa and Warner and Armstead, these guys have been there five or six years and those uh, coaches have been, you know, there's just a familiarity um, Mm -hmm. and just a, you know, a a connection that doesn't have to already be established. So we will see, I'm sure that this hire will happen sometime sooner rather than later. Um, Do you think it'll happen by combine? Oh, I would think so. Yeah, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah, I, I would I would think, look, Shanahan wants to go to, um, you know, Mexico and not do football for a while. So, right. <laughs> sooner the better. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, probably one of his reasons, you know, on, on the list, reasons for keeping Wilkes on his, uh, on his list was, you know, go to Mexico earlier. But, um, right. you know, I guess he could 
potentially do interviews Zoom from, from Mexico, but I, I imagine this will keep them <laughs> in Santa Clara for a bit. Yes, I and with Shannon, I too would like to go to Mexico and not do football for a while. So I completely understand that. I understand that thought process. So before I let you go, one other thing I uh, just want to touch on, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot throughout the off season, but this loss hit them hard for all of the obvious reasons. You'd mentioned earlier the NFC Championship game being a big one, but there's only one game bigger and it was a Super Bowl. I think this was a particularly hard one to lose. Again, the double-digit lead, though. May I suggest this team not go up by 10 points? It seems to be a real problem. In the Super Bowl, in NFC Championship games, it's just a just an aside, but they lose a double-digit lead. Psychologically, do Shanahan and Lynch a little bit have their work cut out for them in getting this team kind of back on track? I mean, they have a lot of time before the season starts, but... Right, and that's what everyone said, you know, George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk and, you know, all these guys we talked to um, on Locker Cleanout Day was like, yeah, and they acknowledge right now, yeah, this is really tough and we have to grieve. And and then they said, yeah, this is really tough. Again, maybe, uh, you know, yeah. so they weren't hiding from the fact that this was uh, beyond a gut punch, um, but it was usually followed by, you know, you know, and they do have experience with these feelings. Yeah. That by the time you know OTAs roll around, you know we're going to be back, and you know we're ready to climb the mountain, etc. Um, so there is that. Um, I do. You know, it can't be kind of measured or quantified. You do wonder about just the psychological toll. I mean, I know there will be uh, something going on if they get back in the Super Bowl and, and play the Chiefs, you know. You think, you think they're going to feel great about uh, beating Patrick Mahomes. But I do think, you know, with Brock Purdy being on his rookie contract for one more year, um, you know, they have another chance. And they'll, they'll probably, you know, view it as maybe their last best chance. Uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But, you know, so there, from a psychological perspective, there might be something there, um, and who knows? But this, if any team is kind of going to be able to to overcome that, they do have, you know, uh, by all accounts and from what we, we can see, a, a good locker room, you know, mm -hmm. great accomplished leaders, a lot of guys who are going to be going to the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, the flip side of just, you know, not – dealing with having lost all these big games is, you know, George Kittle is going to be 31 and Jordan, Jordan Hargrave is going to be 31 and Kyle Juszczyk is going to be 33 and Trent Williams is going to be 36. And, you know, they have played what 12, you know, extra games, 13 extra games uh, over mm -hmm. the years. So there's a lot to consider uh, about their ability to to do it again and, and get to the Super Bowl again. Um, but I think that if they can largely keep this roster, um, there's just so much talent that, you know, they're certainly going to open the season, um, you know, as one of the favorites. Thank you, Eric. Please let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, I live in Fremont. Oh, no, you didn't mean that. Um, <laughs> I'm at Eric underscore branch on Twitter. I don't, I know it's called X, but let's just, um, let's stick with Twitter. Uh, yeah, you can find me there. 
Uh, you guys, you can find me on Twitter at Tracy FGSN, on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. We are brought to you by Thevo. If you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a very positive review. And with that, I will talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.